Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, about cars, cars. We? <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We have to start with the big news. Lewis Hamilton. Seven time. Are we clapping? Is that a thing? Seven time world champion. Great. I hope he's watching this as well. I know he is. <laughs> Great. Greatest F1 driver ever. <laughs> yeah is that <laughs> so earlier Tony called me and he goes who would you say greatest F1 driver ever <laughs> so that's a, that's a right tell me now so it's a difficult thing oh, no tell me so this was your big thing was it you researched no, no. so that you could say no 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 he is the best F1 driver ever simple facts I would agree with you yeah I would agree with you I am going to yeah I think Thank it's you. I think it's hard to compare drivers from different eras and generations um, but the reason that I say he's the best is winning percentage. Uh, so that's a good little stat right there. It's a good stat because the thing is back in even Schumacher's day, they were doing 12, 13 races a year. Well, now they do 20. So he has a chance to win more Grand Prix. So the fact that he has won more Grand Prix than Schumacher, he's had the chance to win more Grand Prix than Schumacher because he's done more races. Done, uh, done less races. Uh, to this point, yes. Yeah, still has done less races than Schumacher over his entire career. In every statistic... Every single no. statistic. No. Lewis nice try. Nice try. So no. what, what <laughs> nice try. <laughs> oh, I knew you'd put your pen in. <laughs> I knew you'd try to do some research. He still doesn't have the highest winningest percentage because Fangio does. Because Fangio only took part in like 33 Grand Prix. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so Fanjo won more than half the races that he took part in. Schumacher, um, uh, Hamilton's won more than a third of the races that he's taken part in. And Schumacher was, well, just less than a third. So if I went and managed Chelsea and won my first game as Chelsea manager, I'd have a 100% win ratio. Exactly. And then I retired, I yeah. would then be the most successful Chelsea manager I mean, ever. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not a thing. That is a thing. Also, there are a few records <laughs> that Hamilton still doesn't quite have. No, because winning percentage is basically the only way you can judge across eras. There's no other way, because as I say, you can't say Hamilton is the best because he's got the most pole positions, because he's had a chance to get more pole positions. He's been able to compete in more Grand Prix. Therefore, he just simply can add up greater totals. That's it's like point scoring. Nowadays, they get far more points for well, winning a race than they races. did. He's done less races. No, it's very close nowadays in terms of actual numbers of the races that they've competed in. It's still at three hundred odd because they got ninety-one race wins at a similar time. So yeah, they, he's done forty races less than Schumacher has done in his career. But don't forget, Schumacher came back for three years recently with Mercedes when they were doing more Grand Prix. Schumacher raced twenty-one years. Schumacher raced from 91 to yeah. 2013, uh, 2012, 12, 12, 2012, 2012. Yeah, Hamilton 13. Hamilton 13 years. Yes. Yes. No. Okay. I see what you're trying to say here. You're <laughs> no, trying no. to argue your point, but it, it, you have to look at it, a percentage of races that they have entered. Race so, points one. 
No, race points one doesn't make sense, Tony, because what you don't know... Does. No, because when <laughs> Schumacher was winning, he got 10 points for a race victory. Hamilton gets 25. Good. So the total is better. much higher. Because he's, he's better. He just drives nicer. <laughs> the, so the, the, the problem is race I know goes Tony is only doing this to upset me. No, and no. it's working a treat. <laughs> I don't like Lewis Hamilton. I I, I'm don't. not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm a Vettel fan. But you cannot ignore the facts tell you that he is the greatest driver of all time. No, yes. I, <laughs> the opposite <laughs> thing is I am a Hamilton fan. I'm the, one of the biggest Hamilton fans. But whilst, yes, he's won every single year he's competed, which no other driver has really done, and his, and his winning percentage ratio is extremely high, second on the all-time list. And the cars are faster. The cars are... Okay, cool. Good, good story. Yeah, so, uh, so, the, so you've got to be more of an athlete. I mean, look at James Oh, Hardy, you're going to stir the pot there. No, 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 no. I, I think he's onto something. No, really. I am, mate. The G-forces are higher, but the physical exertion, could you actually argue that someone like Mansell or Prost or Senna would have more to do with the manual gearbox and big turbos? And I, I, I think you could easily say that they had to be physically stronger in a different era or stronger in a different way. But to go around Cop's Corner at... Um, <clears throat> Silverstone. Yeah, pulling I mean, five six G. No, no, no. In in an old Formula One car, you could time it with a calendar. Do it in a <laughs> in a current F one car. I mean, it's not the same. Mate. Going I would like, like to see you no, get no, in I that old car no, and try it. and hold on. No, no, that's the difference because he can't do manual. No, no. <laughs> he can't drive manual. Okay, no, but I think look, look. I'll be the referee. Please here. do because we're Thank gonna. You. I'm gonna throw something in it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes back to you cannot compare drivers in different yes. eras. Yes. Formula One has evolved so much and what was the pinnacle of racing back when Schumacher or Senna was racing, they were the best of their time. And I think Lewis Hamilton is currently the best uh, Formula One driver of our time. All time. Potentially. Well, I mean, actually, statistically, he'll get there and Correct. become all-time uh, racing Remember, driver. he's equaled Schumacher's championships. He hasn't beaten them yet. He's got, he will. He's got 40 races Agreed. in hand, which is two seasons. <laughs> yeah, no, I, agree. I totally agree. So he, when yeah. he gets to the same races that Schumacher, he might be nine-time world champion. I would expect him to do so, because he's going to yeah. win next year, isn't he? Hands yeah. down, easy. So who's the best then? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, we're gonna, <laughs> but we're going to appreciate him more when he's not racing. Yes, yes. I think that's true. And as I say, I am a Hamilton fan. Like, I, I, I'm fully... I know. <laughs> and, and he's not and he's not and statistically you are right there's an argument to say that he is now statistically the greatest racing driver of all time his accolades precede him etc but there are still some stats and there's still some ways that you can look at it and and i think paul's hit the nail on the head to say that you can't quite compare you know he's statistically the greatest driver of all the time that's the only way you it, can compare Oh, no, but you can't. That's the problem. I, th I think actually the stats are why you can't compare them. Because if you put them all in the same car at their peak right now, firstly, they couldn't all drive in the same way. Look at Vettel and the blown diffuser, his era of dominating Formula One. The minute that was taken away, you could say that his ability didn't seem as great. He struggled to be as dominant in other cars because he lost that key component. With Hamilton, it seems to be his tyre management is what absolutely rules the roost. Schumacher didn't seem to have very good tyre management because he was the master of bashing in 25 qualifying <laughs> laps again and again and again. So, and then Fangio, as I say, like he's racing things that Just look like horse and car. Yeah. <laughs> also, he was 10 years older than all of them. So, you, statistically, it's very hard, I think, to judge different eras. But Hamilton, yes, in my mind, is now top three of all time with Hamilton, Schumacher, and Fangio. Senna, everyone's going to beat me up about, but no, I, no, th I that's don't my... Senna, I don't uh, think Senna's in there, mate. I thought you were going to say Eddie Jordan there. <laughs> he wasn't even a driver. <laughs> Let's move on, because I realise a lot of people aren't into their Formula One, and I've literally bored everyone by getting a bit angry and heated under the collar there. <laughs> Tony, you successfully achieved <laughs> what you wanted to achieve. Well done, you nonce. <laughs> to now go in a little bit on you, because uh, that was unfair of you to gang up on me like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are we going in on him or me? No, no. Sorry, hey. Tony. Uh, oh, excellent. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> you, you literally are. Uh, well, actually, this could backfire on me because what I wanted to address was something that came up in the comments a, a bit last week and I've, I've had some messages on Patreon about, which is why does Tony hate modern classics so much? Because mm. it's something that, you know, it is, it does come <laughs> up. Question. It does come up regularly on this show that yeah, you yeah. really only like new things. And, and in your mind, every new model or new variant is better. And I think it would be a long time before you ever bought a car that's maybe 10, 15 years old. He's a number plate slob. Correct. 
And I was hoping, Paul, you would back me up on this and you'd be like, yes, I dove into that modern classic life. I bought my LP640. What a dream. But we should probably address the elephant in the room (laughs) in the fact that the dream went horribly wrong a few months ago when we were in Scotland. No, 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 no. Well, it kind of (laughs) did. So uh, for those that may not have seen the Pilotti series over on your channel, give them a brief overview and then how it all kind of came tumbling down a few months ago in in Scotland. Basically, there was a fire. (laughs) No, there wasn't. I collaborated with Pilotti to create the best road trip possible given our current living circumstances. So myself, Sam, Alex, and Josh went up to Scotland in the Lamborghini, the Nissan GTR, and the BMW M2 competition. And on day one, within the first 10 minutes of our GoPros rolling, um, my Lambo stopped working. (laughs) In quite a dramatic way. Hey, it's an Italian car. The doors go up. Everything's... Dramatic. Well, what I love is right back at the beginning of the summer when lockdown one ended, we went out to film with the 360 and the LP640. The first time we got these two cars together, you know, our modern classics, this kind of era that we'd really engaged with. And we both sat at lunch and went, this is the best thing in the world. Like our dreams have come true. It's sunny. We have these cars that we adore. The fact that we get to drop them back off in secure storage after this is wonderful. It's brilliant. And you went, you know what? I'm going to bring this car to Scotland. And I went... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I agree we're having really a great time, but you've got ahead of yourself there because your car in Scotland is going to be a disaster. For some reason, you didn't listen. And, and when your car went up in smoke and a, and a real cloud of smoke. You shut up, Tony. I couldn't help but revel in the moment and also voice note Tony immediately. <laughs> it felt like he was there. The amount that he was on the phone, it yeah. felt like it he was, was the there. the funniest thing. You were the ultimate troll. But yeah, we did all see it coming. And uh, I guess to give it a bit more context, we were, we were doing some flybys for Josh, who was uh, there helping film. Uh, we'd done quite a few successfully. And it almost felt like you doing a watch this moment. Where you were like, one more, guys. I'm giving it the full beam. <laughs> and then as you pulled for like second or third gear, this plume of smoke came pouring out the back. But luckily we, we pulled over. And actually it's turned out to not be that dramatic. But the question I wanted to ask is, has that taken away slightly from your your love, your appreciation, your, your uh, preparedness to own a modern classic? No, I don't think so. Because I think owning that car is so special given how much I drive every single time I get in that car, it is special, that it creates its own memories. So it doesn't matter whether it's a high or a low. The fact that that was such a low moment, I know the next time I get in it is going to be such a high moment. And I think that's the best way to describe what it's like owning a modern classic. Like, I totally understand where Tony comes from in his love for new cars, for an A to B car. But when you just want to get out and you love driving and there is one particular car that hits that spot for you, then that also supplies a different level of uh, excitement when you get behind the wheel of it. So for me, I kind of knew that it was going to come with the Lambo because I didn't drive it for a year whilst it was getting painted. I was drive almost, it at all. I was yeah because it was getting painted. It was down to bare metal. I've never seen you in it. <laughs> I've seen him stood outside it whilst it's pulling with smoke coming up. I've seen that as well. You filmed it. <laughs> I think that's why it's so funny because we did film it, and I think sometimes when things were to go wrong on YouTube, um, most people put their cameras down. Oh, honestly, I I had to applaud you in that moment because if that was the 360 I would have cried I would have been really rude oh, to everyone coming. and I would have left it's not coming mate <laughs> it's you're gone how's your GT3 RS that gone up and smoke yeah oh wait you sold it because you're a douchebag and it never let me down and I've done 9,000 miles and I had just as much fun as what you two would have in 10 minutes in your <laughs> yeah but the, 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 <laughs> the difference being and I think this is what I want to touch on is firstly to say I will applaud you because yeah you did say film this as your car went up in smoke which I definitely wouldn't have done um, but it's the, I think you lack the opportunity to have an emotional connection, Tony. I think you see these as, oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, 488 is the best car in the world. But literally I that, that. Well, you well, have you, said that yeah. many times before oh, no, on this podcast. I said, I, I, said I, I don't say the best car in the world. But I said, I you did. You I, said it was I the fastest car yeah. around the track. I think you have no. said that. <laughs> 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 um, but, but I think the point being that you 
are so in on the newest is the best, the fastest, it's always better, like our whole 718 versus 981 GT4 argument, is that you seem void of this kind of emotional connection. Like, the only time you've ever talked about any car with a bit of lust or a bit of excitement that's old is an Enzo. And even then, you're like, I don't really want to drive it, though. I just kind of want to look at it as a thing. Correct. Do you because know that's why? all he's done in two years. Just look at his car. Yes. I mean, he doesn't Be- drive it. Beautiful looking car. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to explain uh, why Tony's in on the Enzo. Because of what he does for a living. Fair. He, the cars really are just a lump of cash. Correct. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not true. Yeah, or, or, or of, Rolex. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because of what I do for a living, I know how bad modern classics can be. And I haven't got the time to be sodding about putting a modern classic back together. I just what? have a new You've got loads of time. It's like 3 p.m. Shouldn't you be at work? Well... This is like work now. <laughs> well said, Tony. Well said. Um, but I think I think that I, I get what you're saying. You don't want the hassle. You don't want to have to do the maintenance. You don't want things to go wrong, especially with your mentality. You know, if you want to go to a drive uh, or a meet or an event, the last thing you want to do is broken down on the side of the A3. I just want to go. Totally get <laughs> fine. So many videos of his 360 going wrong on the way to a meet. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when the floor, floor <laughs> fell off? One point? Hey, but I stopped at Halfords, fixed it myself, and all I went. It's a memory I'll never forget. Oh. <laughs> But the the thing being that I think, uh, and I get that, but firstly, the cost to entry of new cars is always theoretically so much higher. Okay, fine. Sometimes the maintenance is lower. But I think sometimes you're a bit blinkered in this. Like it was like your whole argument that the Veyron's crap. And you've also touched on the McLaren F1 being crap, which I keep saying we cannot talk about in this podcast because <laughs> someone will come and burn the studio down. Also, can I just clarify? I don't I agree with that. Code. No, no, I don't agree with that statement. Um, can I? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> um, I mean, it. It is crap. Can we please step back before we get completely <laughs> ruined in the comment section? You bring it up. But what I'm saying is that I think sometimes, yeah, you don't uh, allow yourself to acknowledge that cars have been great of a previous era. They have been great at a one moment. They've given something different to a modern car. Fine, the new car might be more reliable, might be more usable, might be more, well, might be faster, whatever it might be. Enjoyable. Enjoyable. But, but, but there's still an element to older cars. You're kind of completely washing over history at that point and, and it brings me on to a point that I wanted to come to a bit later which is the news that in 2030 now here in the UK they're going to try and ban the sale of new petrol and diesel cars at which point if you want something with a combustion engine you're going to have to go old it's going to be your only option and I feel like Tony that's going to be like the death of you because you're going to go oh, I'm going to have to go and buy a 2007 Porsche what a nightmare <laughs> well no, no he'll just buy a 2029 something correct yeah. there you go that's exactly what I'll do the, the very last of them and at that point I'll be happy to have a Modern classic at that point because the option is electric. No, thank you. Do you know what car you should own? Scud. 430 Scuderia. Yeah. Ferrari. Well, that's the car that I've, you should have. No, I've, I've spoke about mm. them quite a lot. But, mate, they're just, they are so they're, unreliable. That's the, they, they go wrong. They're so they slow wrong. as well. And, you know, mate, what? so slow. Who are you? Where are you going that a 430 Scuderia is so slow? <laughs> mate, you're mad. I like things to work. You ask it for a gear and it's not coming. No, okay, fine. I realise that especially the, one of the, the best things about that car the, is the gearbox gearbox. is well, it's it's you know dated, but it's got feeling, it's got character. So hey, each to their own Which in that good sense. Bit. But you can't sit here and say a Ferrari from I mean ten years ago ish, twelve years ago probably, uh, is slow. It's still naught sixty and what sub four, if not five seconds at least. It's 180, 200 miles an hour, something like that. Hot hatches that do that now, mate. But, yeah, mate, but where I'm are you going where you need to go faster? <laughs> no, like, no, what no, are but, you doing? But that's what I'm saying. I'd rather have the modern hot hatch is not going to let me down. So you'd rather have an A45S over a Scuderia? No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is... <laughs> no, no, thank I'd you. Thank you. It's my opinion. Uh, no, no, fine. I just don't like... I just like modern cars. That's it. I don't... My reasons are modern classic cars are crap. <laughs> They just break. Well, I mean, you can't say. I mean, I don't even know where to start on this. Yes, you're pointing at Paul because of his Lamborghini. And you. What has gone wrong with my 360 apart from the floor falling off? Exactly. Hey, I've never a, had a floor fall off of my, any of my cars. You had a GTR, a brand new Mercedes GTR, <laughs> which breaks, like faded or disappeared after one track day. Two. <laughs> Two track days. It's a track car. It's crap. Well, there you go. And it was a brand new car. Correct. But your car wouldn't have lasted half a lap. But it's given me more enjoyment over three years than that car did in six months. 
What car? Your GTR. No, I love my GTR. Spend three months in Mercedes. You having an argument with the board? It did because I bang out of order. <laughs> I've never had an argument with Marinello. No, because it wouldn't have it back. I think you'd get shot <laughs> if you tried to have an argument with them. Get it so, out. Excuse me, Ferrari. Uh, uh, the floor <laughs> fell off the 360. Go away. Leave us alone. Go buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> anyway, okay, well, look, let's move on. I think you're totally right. Everyone's allowed their own opinion, of course, and that's the, the big emphasis on this podcast. We're never here to attack people's opinions. Yours is wrong, um, <laughs> but we're going to let you keep it. So moving on to new cars, there have been a few that have been unveiled uh, in the last sort of week oh, or yeah, so. yeah, the new Lambo. What? There's a new Lambo? Yes. Really? Yes, there is. Yes. Has it been unveiled? No, it's the STO. Oh, the Super Trofeo Homologato. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about this quite a while ago, actually, because we, we found out it was happening. So what do you know more? What's been teased? Talk to us, Paul. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they haven't pulled the covers off it yet. <laughs> no. Can I no. say, welcome to the podcast? <laughs> you're not out of place knowing nothing. I've, I've heard some rumours. Basically, they're going after GT2 RS. Yes. But obviously with no turbo. So it'll be an NA V10. Um, it's going to be absolutely wild. I don't know whether it's going to be rear-wheel drive. I'd love it to be rear-wheel drive because I'm, I'm a drifter. <laughs> you, you were for about four months. <laughs> maybe, maybe three. Well, that that so, went well. To, cl <laughs> to clarify for a second. So this is theoretically the street or the road legal version of the Super Trofeo race car. Yeah. We've seen it before with the Gallardo, arguably the most desirable or the sort of most chased after version of the Gallardo, the STS, Super Trofeo yeah. Stradale. Yeah. And this is the Super Trofeo Homologato. Uh, I hinting towards homologation special. I don't think it's going to be quite to that extent, right? We're not looking at this as a homologated car. It's probably just going to be a road-going variant of the yeah, of the race it'll car. Be, it'll be wild. It should be cool. I, I know a guy who races, as as do you, but we know different people who race the Super Trofeo Hurricanes, yeah. and they get. I think they got the first offer. I think that's who. I think that's who Lambo went to at first, saying, "Look, we're doing a road version. Do you want a slot?" Um, and he was like. Really tempted, but then thought, well, actually, maybe it's going to be a bit too much. But I don't think it would be too much. I think it's what Lambo need, don't you? Like a completely yeah. crazy, wild aero everywhere. This could be up your street, Tony. You had a no, performance. I'm not buying another Lambo. No, I'm buying Why not? Because I'm not. I only want one car. That's it. I'm not buying anymore. Why would you not buy a, a new Lamborghini though? You like new cars. No, no, I wouldn't. But I do love new cars. Yeah. But uh, I need. I need like. It's probably going to have an eighty plate. Yeah. No, no, no. Right up your street. Did you have a bad history with a new Lamborghini or something? I lost a load of money, yeah. Oh, okay. It doesn't happen so much with the modern classics. But I don't so. care about it because, because you couldn't afford to lose the money I lost, so go away. <laughs> well, so, well, but, would no, you wait honestly, a minute. Go on. What I lost on the Lamborghini, I could have bought your Ferrari and had change. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you it's actually lost, not funny, you, is you it? You lost it. It's you, gone. But, you lost yeah. it. But that's what you, I'm you saying. It. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It's a f not on my <laughs> oh, do we swear on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, that? We now do. <laughs> Oops, thanks, Tony. That's lost three sponsors this year. <laughs> um, so you, you wouldn't be tempted by this because you did like that performance. Where you, okay, forget losing the money. It's like the 570S argument. Forget the horrific selling moment. The actual car to drive, to enjoy. You really enjoyed that performance. I liked it, but I wouldn't buy another one. Because you've kind of been there, done that type Correct. thing. Tick the box. Correct. And I'd, I'd rather a GC2RS, which is the only car I want at the moment. I don't want any other car. Based on uh, Huracan's track life, track history, do we think that this car will perform well value-wise, demand-wise, or do you think it's actually going to just be a bit like meh? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. I would like it to be in between where the Perth sat originally because they were really strong for like the first six months and then all of a sudden they just built them all. Yeah. Um, but then you look at something like the AMG GTR, which is like a track version of the AMG GTS, and then the AMG GTR Pro, which has just rapidly depreciated in the last, what, six months? And you can go onto Auto Trader now and buy cars that have done like 200 miles and no one wants them. It's like a 600 LT is the same. It, yeah. it, it, and we did a whole episode talking about track specials and whether maybe now this kind of buzz has gone away from them. But that's what I mean. It, it sort of feels like with the Huracan, a bit like with the Gallardo, and you're so right with the AMG GTR. Once you start making too many variants, people start to, I think, not really understand which is the greatest one. Why would I buy this one? What does that do that's different? And nowadays, there's not that sort of, oh my God, people are selling them for 100 grand over list. That's the one to have. It's just not really happening. Mm. So I worry that with this super trofeo omologato, no matter how special it is, it might just... I think short term it will. But I mm. think then in 10, 15 years time, it will be the only one to have. Okay. Because I think the perfs will start to blur into the, just the general 610s and 580s. And then I think the really limited, the most track focused, probably the ones that are going to be looked after the most, let's be realistic, go into collections and stuff. They will then start trading in auctions for more money. I think they're the ones that are most likely to increase after the, the depreciation. The biggest problem with the performance as well, which is probably going to be the problem with this new car, it's too loud for tracks and stuff. I mean, interesting. I mean, mm. it even, even gets, they even get thrown off the Nürburgring. I mean, yeah. the Nürburgring is. Really, you can be really loud and even get thrown off there. So if they're going to sell it as a track car, I mean, what track are you going to be able to take it on? You're not. No, yeah. I, it's one of those sort of things where, yeah, as you say, track car, but actually not for track, just road car that looks kind of mad. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it would just be yeah, a fancy collection for a collector's yeah. car. Which Good is point. a shame. Which is a shame. But let's wait and see. Hopefully more details soon. We'll have to talk about a little bit more. Something which we can talk about more now, Tony, because the reveal has happened rather than us trying to work out what it's going to be, was the new Ferrari that got launched last week. <laughs> so, Paul, you would have not known about this. Last week, Tony and I were reviewing an invitation I'd received to a launch of a new Ferrari that promised great, extreme, new, uh, just a lot. And we were imagining what could this be? What did it turn out to be? <laughs> the SF90 Spider. <laughs> spider. They've taken the roof off. <laughs> so uh, it's literally the SF90 Spider, uh, 100 kilos over an SF90, so heavier, 425,000 pounds. Um, What's the point? I mean, Who cares? Yeah. It's such a shame. I mean, it was, it was coming. We kind of all knew it, I guess, to have built up to that much. I, I, I don't know. I'm beginning I mean, to lose my love for Ferrari. Oh, don't say bit. it. Don't say it. Because they are becoming like McLaren. There's a new model every 10 minutes and it's just becoming a little bit of a joke now. And even the owners, mate, like, I think people are just getting pissed off with it. I think a lot of people are getting pissed off with it. I think, can I say though, yes, they're becoming like McLaren, but also like Porsche. Yeah. Because we also discussed last week that review of, you know, future coming Porsches and they're churning cars Different at the price bracket, I thought we liked Porsches here. Different, no, we love, we love Porsches. Porsches. We're going to come on to that in cool. a second because obviously- Different price bracket, mate. That's, Ford's about that's to buy a difference. Porsche. Different price bracket, yes, but apart, so Lambo, fine, standing by themselves, make one or two cars, great. Because that's all they can sell. Sure. McLaren and Ferrari, or Ferrari copying the McLaren model, McLaren copying the Porsche model, whatever it might be, it's that thing where I guess they feel like there's demand. I guess but they- just shareholders? Well, yes, of course there's that yeah. as well, which plays a part of it. Like, you know, got to- Huge. Got to, uh, got to get the, the numbers on the books, but um, people will buy that SF90 Spider. They will, yeah. They, they might they not have a choice. Because Ferrari will come up and say, oh, sir, you're having an SF90 Spider. <laughs> they, won't, they won't sell the coupe now. People will just go, oh, I'll just wait for the Spider. Have they delivered any coupes yet? Uh, mm, I don't no, think so, no. There's, a dem there's some demonstrators. Right. Just yeah. about. It's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's like when they released the F8 Tributo, literally 10 minutes later, they released the Spider. Well, I've got the Spider in a few weeks. <laughs> and I'm going on order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Tony's the one who buys all the hypercars <laughs> on this okay. podcast. So I, I've got a lone F8 Spider uh, in the car, and oh, I'm really the, nervous. It's the yellow one, isn't the it? The yellow one. Oh, my God. Where's I'm my really Jamera coming? 
When's your Jumeirah coming? Uh, you tell me, mate. 2025? I think it's 2029. Is it? 2029? No, oh, no, no, just before, before the new <laughs> <laughs> We can't remember what else you ordered. You ordered something else recently. We can't remember Kernig what it was. Sick. No. Didn't was order it? that one? Don't think so. No, that is a Jumeirah. It is a Koenigsegg. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I got. Moving on. But I'm nervous about the F8 because because I haven't really been that excited by the idea of one yet. And all the reviews that have come out have been a bit iffy. And the one that you're going to have is terrible. I've seen it on the road. You've seen it on the road. Yeah, so really? Yeah. It's, it looks like a Lotus. But I'm like, worried. Mm. Let's wait and see. Well, I'm just worried about the brand, full stop. I, yeah. I just don't like where they're going. And, and as well, if they are copying Porsche, Porsche's market is a lot bigger than Ferrari's anyway. Their customer base is huge compared to Ferraris, and um, different price points. If you're mm. trying to get a hundred grand off someone, it's a lot easier than trying to get three hundred, four hundred grand off someone. Which is why no one buys pistas because they're three hundred odd thousand pounds. There's like yeah. nearly forty advertised on the internet. Yeah, there's tons of tons them, and they keep them. turning up. I keep seeing, oh look, there's tailor-made pistas that's arrived. Like, yeah, another yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of Porsche, it is a perfect time to segue onto, onto a meaty topic that we wanted to get into today because something weird has been happening over the last, would you say, week? I wouldn't say months, maybe the last few weeks, maybe uh, months. No, no, no. It happened when I was down at NVN London. This is where it happened. Okay. So basically at this table, there is one man who- No, there's three men no, no, no. love Porsche. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Mercedes at all. Oh, <laughs> One man at this table who for a very long time has always been very negative towards Porsche. So much so that when I said, do you want to come and drive my 911 Carrera T for a video? He went, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you did also for your Ferrari. Good I point. mean, I love Porsche and I didn't, I didn't even want to drive <laughs> that Carrera T. <laughs> It's back for sale. What? The guy bought it off you, put it back up for sale. Has he? Quite a lot more than he paid for it, so I'm a bit upset. Oh, really? Keeping an eye on that, Tony, because if if he sells it for a ton of money, then we're going to have words. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but no, anyway, so yeah, so uh, to cut to the chase, uh, recently over WhatsApp uh, and Facebook, Paul has been talking a lot about his new kind of desire or thought or temptation towards owning or running a Porsche on the channel. So... Talk, like you say it started at MVN. How, what, when, where, why? Well, my, I would say my uh, detest for Porsche came from when I was in London. I was like a 15 year old kid. I saw them every day. They sounded flat. They, they looked boring and they were just getting driven around. I was like, oh, Porsches are so boring. All I want to see is a Ferrari or a Lamborghini because I know that's what's going to make the cool content. So from there, I got bored of Porsches. Then when I did my first supercar, when I was looking at buying a sports car, I went out in a Porsche Boxster and I got a taste of understanding just what they are as a, as a product. When I was at NVN, I was surrounded by all of these Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces, like the best of the best. And then JWW's Turbo S comes in and James said to their head detailer, can you go over the car, check out all of the imperfections, because then we're going to do a video on how NVN as a company paint correct, basically. Because cars turning up from the manufacturer and the factory sometimes aren't perfect. Ferrari and Lambo are no common for it. Ferrari and McLaren, oh, Lamborghini because of the Audi quality oh, fine, control. Fine, fine, Lamborghini fine, fine. aren't too bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Affa spent an hour around this Turbo S, and he was like, "If we touch this car, we'd make it worse." Yeah. We know, Tony. We, we know, know this. Yeah, you guys know. That's a 2004 car. I mean, apart from a few dings and bings, yeah. it's looking great. And he would say exactly the same thing. I'm not touching that. Well, he can touch that one. I'll be honest. <laughs> there are a few dings and bings. <laughs> so this whole video that James had was going out of the window because they couldn't show the process of what happens when a new, a new car turns up. The imperfections. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, like the build quality on this is amazing. And then I actually drove it. And James said, oh, you've driven it more further than I have. And inside it was so smart. And I was like, oh. do you remember when you drove the 992 in Monaco and I got in it? I was like, oh, yeah. my oh you loved God. it. You loved it. You, you said either on or off camera, this is the first Porsche that I've really liked. Yeah. I said, that's funny. It's the first Porsche I haven't liked that much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so basically since then, I have spent my entire free time on Auto Trader looking at all of the Porsche variants because I drove a 991.1 GT3 that had like a fully straight piped exhaust. And I think I made the video like, should this be my first Porsche or something generic like that? And I'm thinking about exploring the world of Porsche 
even more than I did back then. Good. So, good. I agree, but I have a concern because I think I don't know what you've based this. I know, I know you like this idea of build quality, and maybe it's because of your Lambo situation that's pushed you towards it. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing solid to do reliable. Yeah. I rest my case, <laughs> but I actually don't think you'd be happy with a Porsche. No, because it works. No, it's not because it works. I just don't think because fundamentally you actually are a cruiser pool. Like, yeah. like you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you are happiest. Probably were happiest. As well. <laughs> <laughs> you were happiest in your AMG GT. Oh, I love that just car. Bumbling along. What a car. You love that GTR because you're yeah. just cruising away. And I think Porsches, whilst they are good at that, for sure, everyday sports car, they are still quite firm oh. and, it, and it's more everyday driver's car. I didn't tell you which Porsche I was going to buy. No, but I'm talking about all Porsches. I mean, you could go and buy Cayenne, fine, you'll be very happy. But but I'm talking any kind of Porsche sports car, because even my Carrera T, Vicky will not let me forget the fact that it was pretty brutal on the ride, like during Drive the World. It wasn't the comfiest car ever. 992's not like that though, mate. No, fine. 992's not like that, but I don't think he's rich enough for a 992, so yes, I, might, yeah, right. I might be wrong, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be sure here when you'd be talking about quite an old Porsche. <laughs> no, but, but I'm just basing it on the conversations we've had previously about some of the cars that you'd considered always sending me links to and not many of them were 992s. <laughs> and so that, that's my concern. I would love to welcome you with open arms into the amazing community that is the Porsche community, but I just worry that you're going to get it and in a month's time you're going to be like oh it's just a bit too this focused is my initial worry without even driving that many Porsches is even if I was going to go down a Cayman GT4 route which I probably will say on, on a, a number of future videos you can buy some pretty decent cars for 90, 95 grand and I know that the GT4 is a phenomenal car primarily a track focused car I'll be driving it all the time on the road um you look at AMG GTR, you look at Aston Martin Vantage, you look at Audi R8 V10 Plus, and it terrifies me, even though from a sensibility point of view, the GT4 is probably a better investment. Probably not, actually. <laughs> not, not the new ones. But oh, okay. Not. If you've got a 981, then you'd be all right. Uh, oh, yeah, because they're like, what? <laughs> no, they are. They, mate, they are still strong, you know, because the, the residual values on the, on the new car, on the 718 Cayman, on finance, after four years... It's like 55, 50, 50. Like 62 yeah. grand wow. or something. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so if Mate, you're looking to finance, really then you can do all right. That, honestly, the, the, any GT4, whether you have a 981 or a 718, your money is safe. They're like a grand a month, not a load of money in. What I'll car? tell you what they are. It's five grand in, about a grand a month. That's it. I yeah, got yeah, nine, 900 odd pound a month. I mean, yeah. they are for nothing. Yeah. yeah. For, to get into Porsche. Is it controversial to say that I want a PDK GT4? A little bit. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, 50, 50. it's, it's going to be gonna, quicker. It's going to be different, though. It's going to be All very different. Had, I'd be intrigued. I would love to drive a PDK GT4. Mm. There's um, an RS coming. There is an RS coming. Yeah, but that's going to be know. so stiff. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. Is, I think the cars that you and I, Tony, would get excited by, I, d I don't know why. Maybe I'm totally wrong and maybe I'm, I'm doing you a disservice here. I, I just feel like it's not... Like, I kind of see you more in a 991 or 0 .1 or 0 .2 GTS modding the hell out of it. Like big exhaust, like but still got the comfort and the usability. I I don't know why I just don't see you in a GT3 or a GT4. But you didn't like Porsche three years. No, no, ago, I didn't. Right? I you I, was where he was three years ago. Completely agree. Completely agree. But what I would say is I always liked the characteristics that I didn't realize a Porsche had. That was the things you know. I like cars that are focused, are about one thing, are yeah, yeah. you know. Whilst traditionally, I mean, you love that GTR because it's really fast but very easy just to be chilling and it's, it's got so soft soft <laughs> armchairs you know like so you're happy and do you know what that alarm's for go on you set an alarm on your phone did you at 4 p.m porsche design have a collaboration with puma they do and uh, and that was five minute that's how much of a porsche fan yeah. you're in i want a pair of porsche trainers <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drive, joking. To drive your Nissan. <laughs> well, speaking of Porsches that you could have bought, did everyone see the concept cars that came out or that Porsche revealed over yeah, the last... I did actually. Yes. So these were super cool. Basically, Porsche said that, oh, you know, over the last 15 years, we actually done some sort of concept work, some design work uh, that never really came to much. And so we just kind of bin them off. And anyway, now we want to share them with you, which is kind of like a bit like a... Well, cheers, guys. You know, like, <laughs> this is what we could have had. Yeah, this is what it could have been. <laughs> Although some of them were horrendous. Well, some of them were weird. The 919 Street. Yes. The potential road yeah, legal that's version. The, that's the ultimate one. Of the Le Mans car was like, oh my God. Because what I love about that is someone's just gone, 
Should we put one of these on the road? <laughs> so going, you know what? Mock it up. Let's see what it looks like. It's just the fact that at some point they just half considered it, even if it was like, we'll never do it, but let's see what it comes up with. Yeah. It's just so cool. That, and that's why I like Porsche because they are always thinking in these kind of ways and, and doing things. And it's not always about what, you know, it's what we can sell. Like, what, what do people want? We'll build it. If, if there's enough people asking for it, we'll come and build they it. They build right? cars for their customers. They there really, go. Want, they really they wanted do. to do the 918 RS. They yes. really wanted to do it. But the numbers that they wanted to produce just didn't financially make sense because to create what they wanted to create cost so much money. They'd have even had to have built far more to sort of get to the price levels that they needed to get to, or it was just going to be far too expensive, so they binned it. And you know Porsche. Porsche (laughs) You know Porsche, they're very clever as well with their marketing. So I would not be surprised. They've released all them cars. I wouldn't be surprised. They keep an eye on and they make one of them. They yeah, one good point. Because they're good very, well, there very was clever at that. One which was I couldn't find. I tried to find earlier, which which they did make, which was the the sort of box to spider racing. Oh, I see. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they yeah, they yeah. took it to an. I nearly went to film it at an event last year. Um, I, I can't remember, find it now, but I remember there, seeing that. Yeah, there's there are a couple that have made it to some kind of you know uh, form. I think. Um, interesting to see. We'll keep an eye on it for sure. Um, and and Paul like. Hey, we're here to support you on your journey of potential oh, Porsche. Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> um, Nine eighteen. What? Okay, so this is what I just thought, right? Nine eighteen's what a bargain because they keep advertising around like one mil. I think they're going to keep trickling down, just quietly trickling down. At what point do you go? Heck, I've got to buy that car before F forties me, and they're worth five mil again. Like, do you not think that 918, or is it going to be a point where the technology is actually just going to sort of die and they're going to become unrunnable? It's the it's the batteries on them at the but you know for Porsche not to warrant a part on one of their vehicles kind of nail in the coffin yeah mm. then you just have it as a living room piece yeah I I, mm, I just think it's such a good car like I don't think it's necessarily beautiful enough to put as a living room piece <laughs> just sell it for parts. one million pounds <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that battery um, but like hundred grand hundred grand the batteries are. Hundred grand. So if they if they come back to a point where you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to put batteries in this at some point, and you can justify spending the hundred grand, that's when you buy them. And then when you put a new set of batteries in, they're going to go back up again. Because Carrera GTs are near like catching up with 918s in terms of values. Mm. Ones with no miles on, yeah. That's what I mean. I yeah. mean, of course, ones. But that's what. But, but the fact that they're getting close, and what oh, a different sir. car, what a different like completely different mentalities and, and ethos and everything, but. I think that 918 is such a steal in comparison to a Laugh or a P1, even though P1s are kind of a mill now as well, aren't they? Out of yeah, the free hypercars, as an all-round car, I think the 918 is the best one. Yeah, we've, I, we've spoken that We've spoken about that times. lots, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, the, the it's, the mo- it's the most usable. Yeah. Which one would you have, Paul? Um, good question. It's always a tough one, isn't it? It is. I think just... Because you've got to have a load of money to even buy one. So... P1. You oh, idiot. A, I knew he was going because he can't say Ferrari. I, can't, he was, I, could just, I thought he was going to go there. I thought he was going to go, you know what, laugh. But I just, I, ne- knew I nearly so, went there. I, I know, think- I could see it in your eyes. I was like, he's going to do it. Because <laughs> V12. <laughs> well, then put, Lambo, I'd you? then take the engine out and put it in my GTR. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do want to do an engine swap. Oh, God, please yeah. leave us alone. Um, well, look, let's talk about the fact that we touched on it earlier. There is potentially quite depressing news uh, that maybe in the next few weeks the government here in the UK are going to be announcing the ban of new petrol and diesel car sales from 2030. This was originally mooted for 2040. They're now bringing it forward by about 10 years uh, with the thought that hybrids could continue to sell into 2035. Now, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but I think let's take our petrol hedonism away for, for a second. Just think about people, you know, because new car sales are declining, right? You know, this is, this is a thing, you know, people aren't always out there to buy cars these days. Uh, Ubers and things like that have taken away the demand, but it seems uh, premature. I don't think the automotive industry or the electric car or hydrogen fuel cell infrastructure is in place enough or could be in place in 10 years to scrap that. No way. And then at that point, do used car sales start to go through the roof or are we going to be taxed so heavily to run petrol and diesels that they were basically being forced into these electric cars that we're not going to be able to run because you can't stop and charge them because there's not going to be enough charging points or you know whatever it might be basically is this the end <laughs> is this the end <laughs> in 10 just... years are we going to have to pack up shop and just all go work and cost a coffee <laughs> no we're all going to adjust aren't we it's, you know, I, th- I think even like the rules or regulations will adjust 
Yeah. Think, if if for whatever reason they can't get the infrastructure in place, then they'll push it back or they'll change it so that we can still use these petrol hybrids or diesel hybrids because fundamentally the best of both worlds is I think I'd say that we'd all agree that for an A to B car, an electric car is absolutely fine. Perfect. Agreed. I, Agreed. Really, as, really as long chill. as we can charge them regularly. Totally. Yeah. Or, or the fuel cells. I saw the fir my first fuel cell car, the Toyota, when I did the uh, Yaris launch. We'll come back to that next week, Tony. Um, uh, they had a fuel cell car there. And it's super interesting, mm. the fuel cell technology. So yeah. if, I, if I knew that there was an electric car out there, and I don't like electric cars, but if I knew there was an electric car out there that would suit my demands of driving. There is. And it, no, no, there's not. There isn't, mate. The, what is it? He's just a hater because he hates electric cars. No, no, he's going to say the Taycan. Yep. Oh, I'm yeah, not interested. It's a great car. It's not. It's a, it's it's a it ticks cool. every box that you want, but you're just like, I just don't get it because no, no, no. it's electric. No, it's not because it's a pain in the ass to charge. Because yeah, it's, it's electric? Because it's electric. It's a pain yeah. in the ass. <laughs> and it's a hundred grand. So I just drive around in a GTD or a Golf R for a third of the price and if I run out of juice I just petrol station three minutes so there you I go do, you I just do don't a, like the fact that it's electric but I it's, just, it's the know, best electric car that ticks all the boxes that you want it's a Porsche because it's a Porsche but, as well. but it, it's 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 not a proper Porsche, mate. Because <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a proper like, Porsche. Like we've, been, we've been... Oh, no. <laughs> I, like, I, I quite like the tie can. We all do. Except Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's a modern car I don't really like. <laughs> but, but, there, but you say, oh, if there was an electric car, I would say, take the tie can thing because I am winding you up. GTE, Golf, Golf, electric Golf. Cracking car. Cracking car. That, that You love your Golfs and it does everything that the Golf does. It's and a little bit charged heavier. charged up in three minutes, like I could put petrol in it. Yeah, I'd, but, have, I'd have one Yeah, tomorrow. fine. So yeah, that's don't charge up in three minutes. So you're living in dream world. Well, living it's, in it's not. It's not practical for my life. Then I'm busy. Yeah, superchargers need to be everywhere, and they need to be better. Correct. Um, and I think the other problem, which you know, bravo to my dad, he raised at the weekend. Uh, you know, it's the the rate of change of technology. If you bought that, if they bought out a golfie tomorrow, that they said, okay, now we've got it, you can charge in five minutes. Yeah. In a year's time, it will charge in two, and then your five minute yeah. ones. No Correct. one wants it. Correct. The used cars will depreciate and become completely unusable. Yeah. And Which I think that's what people, a lot of people got terrified by with the i8. Good point. Like, very, very good point. Where, what, where does this go? What does this mean? I yeah. that no more though, do they? And, and therefore, will people actually buy new cars or there's just going to be all these lease schemes? Is it going to be membership clubs? I, th I, think it will, I think it will be like, a, what I'd like to see is you basically have a car and you pay for the usage of batteries. So you basically pull in like a pit stop, the battery comes out the bottom of the car, a, pre, a sort of pre-charged one comes in, you just carry on driving off. Which then is kind of fuel cell technology, but but you're right, where, yeah. you know, that's a nice way and to moderate it. you kind of have a sub subscription yeah. of transport. It's not like owning a car as we know today, but in the future, that's sort of what might take over. Yeah, I mean, Put there's got to be something. It's not... It's yeah, we're, we're miles away. The infrastructure is miles away. Battery tech is quite old, very old in general. I mean, it yeah. seems like a sort of backwards way of doing it all. But but you know, this is the way that we're headed. And and you mentioned i8 BMW have now come with the first or the next iCar. It seems <laughs> mad that uh, they were at the forefront with i8 and i3 yeah. back in what the early tens. What would you call that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's been all this time, seven, eight years, until we've got the iX. Um, so they've they've caught up, and this is a rival for what Te Tesla Model X. And uh, anyway, it's an it's uh, X5 size, uh, and then it's called the latest tech in it, and it's called the iX. It's going to be going on sale. They claim so. the battery is really good in that car as well, but Which, they all claim that. That's the thing you'd mm. expect it to be. But what's weird with BMW is they were, I say, so at the forefront with the i3 and the i8. And then they've taken all this time and what they've brought out, it doesn't seem that revolutionary now. It's just like yeah. they're like having to catch up with everyone else. Yeah. So I feel like it was a weird move by, by BMW there. Um, their hybrid stuff, I think, seems a lot more impressive than the, the full electric stuff. Yeah. I think that's in general with quite a lot of the manufacturers, like Mercedes, for example. I did some stuff with the GLE Coupe, which was a hybrid, and that was properly impressive. Yeah. 100 kilometres in just the electric battery and then like an additional 700 or whatever so you could just cruise around forever. Yeah, I think at that point it's kind of a bit more win-win, isn't it? I, the hybrids are the route that I'm excited mm, by at the moment. Yeah, because you I, can get the power. 
but then you can also get the range. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. That's the way. That's the way for now, at least. And definitely on the performance side, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'll put some with... batteries in my Lambo. That'd be cool. Oh God, here we go. Uh, I think that's a perfect time to wrap things up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting episode. I'm sorry about the rant at the beginning. Tony really riled me up there, and I knew I knew he was going to do it, and I fell for it head first and into what his we've, trap. What we've agreed is that Lewis is the best, right? Yeah. Let's just uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> he's my favourite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, no, he's not. She's my favourite. Schumacher is still my favourite. Is he? Yeah. For me, it's always Schumacher. Yeah, it's Schumacher. See, I, I don't think really Vettel, care. It's because... Now, what I was going to say was, when I came into Formula One, yeah. as, a, as a sort of... Um, new fan. New fan. Schumacher was winning everything, so it was boring. So that's why I wanted like the Ralph Schumacher's. I wanted the one Pablo Montoya's because I was like, go, 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 go. Ferrari's boring. Ferrari's boring. Uh, Which I think now a lot of people coming into Formula One and seeing Lewis win everything is like. Good point. Good point. I mean, but so (laughs) I can't believe we're going back to this now. (laughs) The reason I got so angry ahead of today's podcast and then fell headfirst into Tony's trap is yesterday he was texting me saying, oh, I didn't watch the race. It's boring. Hamilton's always going to win. Oh, he watched all of it. I watched all of it. Yeah, but yesterday was in a, well, you didn't say that yesterday, last night on the text. You were really winding me up. You were like, it's boring. Why would I watch it? Hamilton always wins. Which I don't bother watching it anymore. Week. I yeah. said to him every week. But how he won at that Turkish Grand Prix, unbelievable. Yeah. And like, and that's where he's a genius. Because he shouldn't have. And it is boring. Because if you were sitting at home and you didn't watch the race and you went onto Twitter and saw the result, you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, who yeah, yeah. well done, Perez. Otherwise... Yeah. Nothing surprising. But to have watched the race, you know, that's where he's a master. That's where he's and a he genius. And he knew. He knew what yeah. was going to happen to his tyres. Oh, he, he knew exactly what was going he, on. He's a genius. He knew, because as well, when you, all he kept asking was about the weather. Yeah. What's the weather going to do? What's the weather going to do? And he, he knew, was dictating the strategy. Dictating yeah. it. And I think what's been made clear on Twitter, everyone who says, oh, he's always in the best car, he lapped Bottas. He's the best driver. <laughs> I mean, he lapped Bottas. The best driver How funny the best was that car? blue flag? I mean, Bottas, Bottas did not want to yeah. get out of the way. Bottas, go home. <laughs> anyway, sorry, because I know lots of you don't really like F1 do get bored by the chat. Um, I think we can do an F1 special again at the end of the year, yeah. maybe, because uh, people did enjoy those. For the, or the F1 fans enjoyed those. Tony, you're not invited for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Paul, thank you very much for coming back and for stopping by. Of course, if you want to follow Paul's Adventures, Supercars London or Wallace PJW, Tony is at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on Instagram. I am at Seen Through Glass everywhere you can find us. And we'll be back with you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 